right, good afternoon. Welcome to this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge with you here on a Thursday afternoon. Plenty still to get to. Of course, this week we had the NATO leaders, uh, the summit in Lithuania, and there was you know, pretty unanimous support for Ukraine. Some agreement on a path forward to Ukraine joining NATO at some point. But an area where there's been some disagreement concerns what's known as cluster munitions, or as the Pentagon refers to them as, dual-purpose improvised conventional munitions. Cluster munitions are controversial. Cluster munitions are, are banned in a number of countries around the world. So the idea of providing them to Ukraine uh, has been divisive. In fact, Canada is of the opinion that they should not be used. This was the prime minister earlier this week. Um, Canada was one of the countries that led on the banning of cluster munitions uh, around the world. uh, And we will continue to stand very strongly uh, that they should not be used. Um, When I was in Ukraine just a few weeks ago, uh, we talked about the tens of thousands of rounds of uh, ammunition that we were continuing to send uh, to Ukraine. We recognized the need uh, for more munitions uh, in Ukraine and holding strong and uh, even pushing back against this illegal Russian invasion. And I can tell you that all allies are working very, very hard to deliver more munitions to uh, Ukraine. So these are, are, are bombs or, I guess, shells or rockets that also release submunitions. And so that can, you know, target tanks, equipments, troops, kind of multiple targets at the same time. It's the concern about the impact on, on civilians. And here's the thing, though, because Russia has been using cluster munitions as part of their invasion and been using them against civilian targets. Now, Russia suggests that providing Ukraine with these munitions represents an escalation. They've denounced this, which is disingenuous in the extreme. It's okay for them to use it and to use it against civilians, but not okay for Ukraine to use these weapons to try to drive the invaders out. So that is criticism we should ignore, what's coming from Russia. But Canada and other countries, do they have a point? This could be a game changer for Ukraine. And we can't overlook the potential benefit uh, of Ukrainian military success. Well, it's an interesting piece in the National Post today, looking at both sides of this argument and concluding that as much as there is concern over the use of these munitions, this may be a necessary evil to help drive the Russians out of Ukraine. Joining us to talk more about these issues, very pleased to welcome to the program here this afternoon, a retired Lieutenant General, Michelle Maisonneau, spent 35 years in the Canadian Army, 10 more as academic director at Royal Military College at Saint-Jean was the last chief of staff of NATO's Supreme Allied Command Atlantic and the first chief of staff of NATO's Supreme Allied Command Transformation in Norfolk, Virginia. Lieutenant General Mason Neuve, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Merci beaucoup. Bonjour, Rob. Uh, so we understand that uh, Ukraine has now uh, received these cluster munitions and uh, will presumably put them to use uh, in, in the near future. So what are the concerns here about the impact of these munitions, but also how they could benefit Ukraine's efforts? Well, first of all, I'm not sure that they've already received them because uh, the commitment was made by the United States just last week, I think. So, uh, But in, in time, they will receive them. Uh, and by the way, they've already uh, been using their own cluster munitions. And uh, as you uh, correctly pointed out, the Russians have as well. Mm-hmm. The difference between the two, of course, is the indiscriminate way that the Russians have been using them, the same way as they've been bombing uh, uh, hospitals, etc., etc. Whereas the Ukrainians, I think, are much more uh, discriminate in, in their employment and proportional. So, um, so, and uh, so the, the big issue, as you know, is the fact that these, some of these bomblets, these sub munitions do not detonate. 
And that's where the danger to civilians that can happen to be picking them up or, uh, you know, knocking them over uh, can happen. Right. And in the case of Ukraine, that the, the conflict is confined to within Ukraine's borders. So this is already a moot point because that danger already exists because Russia has been using these. Well, yeah, it, it absolutely does exist. And, uh, and you know, the, the whole idea here is to, to give as many tools as possible to the Ukrainians who are fighting on their own territory to repel these invaders. I mean, it's <laughs> to me uh, and, and, you know, I, I, I talk about in, the, in my article, the broken promises that we've made to, uh, to the Ukraine. I mean, to me, uh, it's, it's about time that we give them as much as we can. Uh, and, you know, even though nations have said that they're not prepared to put boots on the ground now, but, you know, so, so let's give them as much as we can to, uh, to help them repel the Russians. Right, and this is seen as a potential game changer too for Ukraine, and you know we're we're sort of waiting to see how this this counteroffensive will play out. But how how can this help their efforts? How might this be a game changer? Well, you know, uh, it, those are not my words. Game changer sure. is uh, are the words that were used by uh, by the Minister of Defense of, of Ukraine, and he said, you know, we've had a number of game changers in the past. So, getting, for example, uh, American and, and German tanks is a, was a huge game changer. Uh, getting the training from uh, from the NATO nations, including Canada, who've apparently we've apparently uh, trained about forty thousand Ukrainians. You know that was another game changer. And now this perhaps is the last. You know the the next one. And uh, the reason why it's a game changer. First of all, we need they need more ammunition. They've been using ammunition at a greater rate than 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 the West can actually uh, produce them. So it's very important that they get a chance to to get more ammunition. And the fact that these are cluster munitions they're very effective against uh, personnel in the open they're effective against uh, obviously lightly armored vehicles or uh, trucks etc and so if they're used properly used with with discernment uh, carefully and you know there's this is war by the way rob so yeah. you know it's not a movie here uh, there's no such thing as a limited war you can't you know you can't say well we're going to be you know we're going to do a little bit here and you know this is war. People are dying. Ukrainians are dying, as well as Russians. And so uh, this is just another weapon that can be used. And it's a conventional weapon. Yes, I know there's more than 100 countries that have signed uh, this, uh, the treaty, but, uh, but the Ukrainians need, it, need these weapons and can use them. And we could put some conditions or some expectations around their use. And as you point out in your piece, I mean, Ukraine's defense minister says, look, we'll use these in non-urban areas uh, of the conflict. Like, are these the kinds of expectations we can and should have? Absolutely. And he said, you know, we're going to use them only within Ukrainian territory. So what he's saying is we're not going to start, you know, shooting them into into uh, Russian territory. And we're, you know, we're trying to repel and expel the Russians from our territory. So we're going to use them on our territory. We realize, you know, the dangers here. But again, the other the other fact, I guess, is is that the the reports are that the Russian cluster munitions uh, there's about 40 percent that do not detonate, so they're duds. So mm-hmm. they can be uh, they can pose a danger and probably you know for for years after they dropped. Uh, whereas the the ones from the West, from from the U.S. specifically, they're reported to be less than three percent that will not detonate. And by the way, even in the treaty, there there are provisions for some uh, submunitions. If if a shell contains ten or less submunitions, it's allowed. And also, they're allowed if they have a self-detonating mechanism uh, or can be de- detonated uh, 
by technology, i.e., you know, with remotely after, uh, after they land and they don't detonate. So, you know, and I know this is a, a you know, a subject for, uh, you know, all those who believe that war can, you know, can be eradicated in, uh, you know, peace and love all over the place. But Putin does not, you know, recognize this. He only knows the hard stuff. Right. Uh, some of the disagreement then among the NATO allies, Canada included, we're, we're not opposing, we're not standing in the way of providing Ukraine these munitions. The prime minister says our opinion is that they shouldn't be used, but I think that's as far as we're prepared to go in, in opposing this. What do you make of Canada's position? Well, I mean, Canada is a, is a nation that, you know, only goes to war when it's forced to go to war. And, uh, and of course, it's, it's not an inter- interventionist nation as much as, let's say, the United States. Um, or even Russia, um, but so so I'm I'm not surprised we have our you know a, a peace-loving, uh, peaceable nation, but you know as I said earlier, war it's not a movie here. This is real war. It's people are dying. You're trying to protect your country and re- repel an invader. Um, and I you know things would be different if somebody tried to invade Canada. I think uh, then Canadians would rise up and they would say, you know, whatever means we need to use, we're going to drive people out of our country. We would defend ourselves. And, you know, we've proven in the Second World War in Afghanistan, uh, in the First World War, we are when when uh, we're forced to, when we're, you know, when we feel that we're uh, we're ready to do it, we we go ahead and, and we're damn good at it. In spite of the fact that, you know, our armed forces now are so weak and, and uh, undermanned. But uh, so... You know, I don't uh, dispute the fact that the Canadian position has been that. My opinion, though, is that the Ukrainians can really use these weapons. And uh, and uh, as you said, we'll put conditions so that they use them properly and with, with the right discernment to keep collateral damage to the minimum. Absolutely. We'll leave it there for now. Appreciate the insight on this, uh, Lieutenant General Mesonoub. Thanks again for joining us here this afternoon. Really appreciate it. My my pleasure. Take All care. All the best. Got retired Lieutenant General Michel Maisonneuve, uh, 35 years in the Canadian Forces, 10 more as Academic Director at Royal Military College St. Jean, as well work with NATO Supreme Allied Command, and uh, his piece in the uh, National Post today, nationalpost.com, uh, defending the decision to provide Ukraine these munitions. So again, the concern is that some of these bomblets don't detonate and just kind of sit there and compose a risk to civilians. These are being dropped, are currently being dropped, for months have been dropped on Ukraine. So the idea that we're protecting Ukrainians from a theoretical danger ignores the reality. Ukrainians are already at risk. Ukrainian civilians have already died as the result of the use of these munitions and the indiscriminate use of these munitions by Russia. So I think it's, it's unfortunate for us to tell Ukraines Ukrainians, not to use these weapons for your own good when they're already dealing with this right now. The answer to protecting Ukrainian civilians is not to tell them what weapons to use and not use. It's to help them drive the invaders out. Ukrainians are dying not because of weapons we provided them. The Ukrainians are dying because of what Russia is inflicting on them. So I get the concern here, but let's recognize the reality of the situation. Ukrainians are the ones who are at risk. Ukrainians are the one asking for this tool. So they're the ones who would face the potential danger here. So who are we to tell them what's best for them? They've asked for this help, and this can be very useful to them in driving up the Russians. And if we want to save Ukrainian lives, we need to end the war.
And in order to end the war, the Russians need to be driven out. This can help to that end. So I understand the request. I understand the decision. I don't oppose this. I get the concerns. But let's also recognize the reality of the situation here. And anything that can help drive the Russians out end this war, I, I think should be on the table. Thanks for downloading and listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcast. You can also find me on Twitter at Rob Breckenridge. You can email me, rob at 770chqr.com. Talk to you next time.